0: Welcome to The Possibility Podcast. I'm Mel Schwartz, your host and thought provocateur. I've been practicing psychotherapy for well over 20 years. During that time, I've been so fortunate to witness countless breakthroughs while working with people, whether one-on-one, as a speaker, in professional trainings, or in workshops. The insights that I've garnered have inspired me to write over 100 articles and several books, including the companion title to this podcast, possibility principle which you can find wherever books are sold on this and every episode i'll be introducing new ways of thinking relating and communicating to help you truly thrive in your life to reach the possibilities that you may long for think of this as a new game plan for living thanks for enjoying my emerging community of possibility seekers and i hope you enjoy the show In today's episode, we're going to explore the nature and the complexity and the phenomenon of change. Change is poorly understood, but there is a commonly held belief, and that belief is, it's hard to change. How did we come to that belief? Why do we struggle with change? And how is it that some people seem to access change without much of an effort? Well, firstly, the belief that it's hard to change is, of course, a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you think it's hard, it will be hard. But why do we think of change as hard? I'm reminded of a story to share with you one evening. Many years ago, I was giving a talk on the concept of change, and a gentleman in the audience raised his hand and asked a question, and he was really troubled with my offering that change is accessible and easy. He had quite an attitude about it, and I asked him how he came to his belief the change was hard. He shared with me that based upon his personal life, his childhood experiences, his family of origin, no one changed. So it was his experience the change was hard. I proposed to him that if he had grown up as my sibling in my family and experienced others changing easily, he might have had a different belief. This notion of change strikes to the core of who we are. I've heard some people say, "I know myself so well," or "I don't need to change." There's a defensiveness there and a belief or a a whole way of being that suggests that if you need to change or seek to change that there's something wrong with you or imperfect with you. You know the question that people often ask of. Do I need therapy, I propose is the wrong question. Would I benefit from therapy is an altogether reasonable question, and arguably who couldn't. Over the course of my lifetime, I have engaged in therapy numerous times and found it very helpful. The notion there's nothing wrong with me would have people seek and avoid change. Well, there is nothing wrong with us. The question is, do we want to grow? Do we want to evolve? Do we want to learn? Do we want to seek the excitement and the adventure of new experiences, both of ourselves and others? We can seek change for many reasons. We may experience our life with anxiety or depression or fear, and certainly it would make perfect sense to want to change that. Others may be going through life without those challenges, but we want to change some aspect anyway. Change feels exciting, rewarding. Now, conceptually, I propose that we struggle with change because of our operating worldview. For many of my listeners, you've become familiar with the principles of my book, The Possibility Principle. And in that book, I propose that our worldview, our sense of reality, our operating paradigm, comes from 17th century thinking, primarily Sir Isaac Newton. So Newton pictured a world and a reality in which change would be hard. That worldview, known as mechanism or a machine-like universe, suggests that everything was comprised of separate, inert objects. Now the key there is the word inert. They were unmoving unless some external force acted upon them and caused them to move. From that worldview, change would be hard. In the early 1900s, or actually around 1920 to 1930, there was a revolutionary new understanding of reality brought forth by quantum physics. And in that new picture of reality, everything was in perpetual movement, flowing. Reality actually was seen as a reality making process. In other words, nothing and no one ever stood still. Or was inert. Everything was bubbling with movement. I used to be fond of saying, change is the only constant in the universe. I read that and believed it. But when I thought about it, the sentence actually was insufficient. Because you see, the word change suggests that at times something may be static or inert, and then it changes. So the statement, change is the only constant, doesn't go far enough. The reality is that everything is moving and flowing in the universe in which we live. And so are we, once we can come to see it differently. In retraining my mind to think differently about change, I realized that the sun doesn't set. When I'm watching what we'd call a sunset or a sunrise, I picture that the sun isn't really moving, but the earth is rotating, and I am on that earth and I am in movement around it. So everything is flowing and moving. But we struggle with change because our beliefs, and most specifically our thoughts, may be stuck and routine and habitual. I'll get into that in a few moments. But for the moment, there's another core element of Newton's 17th century thinking that keeps us stuck, and that's determinism. Determinism The ability to predict the future, if we had enough information, would teach us to ward off uncertainty. I have shared with you in previous episodes that the avoidance of uncertainty creates anxiety and fear. The reality of the universe appears that everything is awash with uncertainty, and that's good news. Uncertainty equals possibility. So when we embrace uncertainty, we can move into the flow of change. Now, on very specific human levels, some people want change, they're seeking change. When I work with them and show them how they can engage that change, there's a fear that occurs. Who would I be is often the question. Who would I be if I were divorced? Who would I be if I changed careers? Who would I be if I let go of this part of my personality that doesn't serve me? That question, who would I be, is around the fear of the unknown. So rather than embracing the unknown and welcoming change into our lives, we avoid the change process and stay stuck out of that fear of the unknown. Now, it is our beliefs and thoughts in particular that keep us stuck. The universe is in a state of perpetual unfolding reality, and this reality-making process suggests that in the nanosecond before the next moment, all of reality Is free, creative, redefining itself. We could do the same. We can be in the nanosecond between our thoughts in the state of pure potential and pure possibility. What gets in the way? Well, we tend to keep having the same old thoughts. So if we have the same old thoughts, we will have the same old feelings and we will feel stuck. Now, I have seen firsthand through the benefit of my therapy practice. When people engage in earnest in trying to change some aspect of themselves, they can have profoundly rewarding results. I'll share a few stories with you and, of course, remind you that I will always change the names of the people I work with in some of the circumstances, so I'm keeping their identities confidential. I recall a couple of years ago, a middle-aged man coming into my office for the first time with his wife. I'll call him Guy. He had his baseball cap pulled very low over his eyes, couldn't make any eye contact with me. His wife brought him in because she was concerned about his drinking, uh, lack of communication, and his detached personality from her and the children. In the course of our session, Guy only managed to exchange a few sentences with me. He was living in the extreme of detachment and isolation, and I inferred a lot of fear. Fast forward 18 months later, when Guy walks into my office now, there's no longer a baseball cap. He's wide-eyed and smiling and engaged. All aspects of his life have changed. This is due primarily to his acknowledging what he previously avoided, his alcoholism. He broke through, acknowledged it, and a personality and a brilliance and a warmth and the depth of this person came forth, which even I could not have previously imagined. In my book, The Possibility Principle, I share another story. Jason came to me overwrought with anxiety and fear. He worried about every aspect of the future. Even though he had a good position in his career, a good job, a loving wife and family, everything was at risk. He would worry. His thoughts, going back to thoughts, getting in the way of change, his thoughts overwhelmed him with fear. Would his wife always love him? Would he do well at work? What would be the evaluation of his work? It caused him to fret and worry so much that he was not present. He came in for a session in which his wife joined him on one occasion, and she acknowledged that the relationship was at risk. She loved him, but he was making life unbearable. He confided in me that he was terrified of losing her, his career, his children, and he needed to change. I proposed to him that the process through this journey would be for him to embrace the unknown rather than avoid it. I shared many techniques about how to do this, which you can find in my book, The Possibility Principle, but essentially it begins with seeing the thought and not becoming the thought. Jason was able to see the thoughts that were making him stuck, fearful, not present, and so anxious about the future that he was absolutely ruining his life. After he learned how to embrace uncertainty and free himself from the thoughts and the beliefs that had kept him trapped, he too was a new man. He took a break for several months to work on the techniques that I had shared with him, and he came back smiling and said everything was great. Then he added, I'm not the man I used to be. And we smiled. Change allows us to say I'm not the man or I'm not the woman I used to be. But that means you haven't stripped away the core parts of your personality that suit you and serve you and define you. It means that there is a quality which I call an emergent quality. Emergent quality means that the core aspects which we might value or cherish are still there, but there's a blossoming that goes forward. The change process requires what I call defining moments, a moment in which we have an insight or a new way of looking, and we grab a hold of that moment, And treat it as a defining moment, a moment in which we say to ourselves and those around us, I am changed because of this. You see, the question of who am I, which I've discussed in other episodes, is limiting. Who am I speaks of an inert, specific response. How would I like to experience my life is an altogether different question. So, first ask yourselves, what do I think about the concept of change? Is it something that I value and wish I could achieve, but don't know how? Or is it something I feel defensive about? Again, with an attitude of, I don't need to change. That would be like, I don't need to read another book or watch another movie or have another conversation. I already know everything I need to know. Clearly, there's an enormous amount of fear in hiding in that statement. So, for those of you who are seeking change in your lives, you must learn to embrace uncertainty. Ask yourselves, what is the change you're seeking? Write it down. Then ask yourself, what are the things that are getting in the way of that change process? Ordinarily, they will be your core operating beliefs and thoughts. Look at the beliefs and see how they limit you, constrain you, and imprison you. You may have a belief like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not likable. I'm not productive enough. Now ask yourself, how did I come to that belief? What reason do I have to think that the belief is necessarily true? Remember, beliefs are self-fulfilling prophecies. Don't confuse a belief with the truth. It's just a belief. How did I come to that belief? So as you're starting to work through and enumerate the things that you would like to change in your life, ask yourself what truly stands in the way. Ordinarily, it is only your beliefs and thoughts, and perhaps your operating worldview. The change is hard. Change is not hard. Change is the norm of the universe. It is a reality-making universe. It is just human consciousness that gets us stuck in a fixed and rigid way that blocks us. We think of ourselves and use the term human being in a very literal way, but as I have discussed before, being speaks of a fixed, inert state. Imagine thinking of yourself in this flow, this inevitable, unending, inexorable flow of becoming. Begin to think of yourself as a human becoming. Becoming what? Nothing at all. Becoming just means committed to your evolving and growing. Now, to engage in this state of becoming requires inviting in dissonance and uncertainty, not staying fixed in a rigid picture of yourself. Relationships provide a very unique opportunity to engage in our process of becoming and our change process. If we think of ourselves in the process of becoming in a relationship, then we need to see our relationship similarly, not as a fixed thing like I am in a relationship. One of the fundamental purposes of relationships is to open our awareness of aspects of ourselves that we need to tend to. Rather than getting stuck in the fixed right or wrong and blame game that we do, we need to ask ourselves, what do I need to see in myself that's being provoked by the other person? And conversely, what am I precipitating in the other person that's making them uncomfortable? Try opening to the dissonance that arises when you look at yourself differently, not from the framework of right or wrong. If the other person sees you differently from how you're seeing yourself, why do we think the other person's wrong? You see, that conclusion doesn't allow dissonance. A relationship committed to the process of becoming lets us see ourselves entirely differently. Relationships are a wonderful opportunity for us to engage our change process. Ultimately, we need to ask ourselves, we want to invite in the question of what if. To contemplate what if in regard to our change process, our growth, what we'd like to invite into our lives, what we'd like to overcome, to look at it in a way in which fear no longer gets in the way. Again, the vehicle for this change process is to invite in uncertainty. When we invite in uncertainty, we can ride the waves of change. So think of the change process like this you're out at sea in a sailboat and You're thinking you'd like to move. The sail is down, so you hoist the sail with the intention of moving. Now, of course, you need wind in the sail to move. Here, moving is equivalent of you changing some aspect of yourself. How do you get the wind in the sail in your life? You embrace uncertainty. Let go of the fear of who would I be, what would others think of me, what would I think of myself. When you engage in a flow. In the embrace of uncertainty, you ride the winds of change. That's the big view. On the smaller, more particular view, look at your thoughts and beliefs that are getting in the way and keeping you stuck, and ask yourself how do I know them to be true? They are, ultimately, just beliefs and just thoughts. But they are the cement that keeps you locked into a certain position. Release them, and you're free to change yourself. Much like a sculptor with their hands in the clay that they're molding, continuously recrafting and recrafting to get their artwork just precise in the way they want it. Think of engaging your life in a similar way, where you get to renavigate, reconsider, and reframe yourself for as long as you like. Hopefully, for as long as you live, because that's an exciting, vital engagement in your life shift into the process of becoming, and you can become a human becoming. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Possibility Podcast with me, Mel Schwartz. To learn more about this topic and related subjects, please be sure to check out the Possibility Principle, my book, at thepossibilityprinciple.com. I always welcome and look forward to your feedback. Please leave a comment at the show notes for this episode at melschwartz.com/podcast, or simply send me an email at mel at melschwartz.com. You can also use that email address if you'd like. to be a caller on a future show and have a topic you'd like me to discuss. If you never want to miss an episode, find The Possibility Principle in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. and Be sure to hit that subscribe button. You'll get new episodes as soon as they are released. And if you know anyone who might benefit from The Possibility Podcast, please tell them about the show. Thank you for listening. And until next time, have a great day and keep summoning up those new possibilities. (music) Bye. Bye. Bye.